Welcome to the German Fußball Podcast. Another week, another Bundesliga round. And yes, a bit later this week for some uh, for some different reasons, Dad. You are a been you have been a bit under the weather. And so we're doing now for this episode a little review, a little preview, and a little uh, look ahead for the remainder of the Bundesliga, both in the top and the bottom half. But I'm glad to see you are on the mend, Dad. Yes, and one of the one of the memories is that uh, Monday and Tuesday I more or less didn't have any voice, which is bad when you're doing a podcast, which is bad when you do TV. Uh, so, so it was a European week. I have different things that I'm doing then around Europe, and on Thursday morning going to England in the morning at a plane, I, I, my throat, everything. I, I I didn't have a voice, and then I must say, uh, with having no voice. I did Manchester United Barcelona Thursday. I did Bournemouth Manchester City uh, on Saturday, and I did the League Cup final uh, on Sunday. So I think, and I also helped out Iceland via play Iceland, which was good. Uh, and I just had to tell them uh, I found had to find a translator at uh, at Google saying that I my voice is a bit sexy Barry Whiteish, but uh, just just a good reminder that. I mean, when you have a program like you're having, you just have to look after yourself. I mean, to get a cold, that is that is normal. Uh, now, slowly, with the voice coming back. But Marcus, you've had a busy weekend as well, and and we and we we shared uh, uh, a road trip to Bournemouth, and then we looked at the Manchester City. How was that? No, I mean that was good. You were also at the start of your sickness, or in the middle of it, or whatever <laughs> you might call it. So I was glad to be the designated driver for the day, and we got to see Bournemouth City. And just a quick comment on on Vitality Stadium is it's more lovely to still have that stadium in the Premier League. I was at. Uh, the Spurs Chelsea game the following day, which is the sheer contrast yeah, in terms of what a stadium uh, looks like, which also was a fantastic experience. Don't get me wrong, but I come into the tick, into get my ticket, and I'm inside the stadium. Plus, suddenly, uh, the city players are doing their shooting drills right in the corner. And I mean, I'm fortunate enough to 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 meet some of these players up close, but it's something cool about seeing them in their habitat, playing that close, because you don't usually get. And that exposure, unless you have the best seats in town, type of thing. So that was, no, was uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a very good point. I, I want to add to that because I, I'm I'm fortunate as well to to travel England and you have a lot of of these grounds. But now to be in Bournemouth, first of all, very nice place to come, which is general in England. I must say. I mean, I I love uh, some good hosts. Uh, security that's been around for like fifty years. Uh, but as you were saying, there was. You were so much closer to the players, and and there was a there was a time when Jack Grealish and uh, Erling Haaland was they they were taken off both more or less on the same time, so they were like traveling around instead of running all over the pitch. They were traveling around, and it was so so good because on on some stadiums you would have bottles and you would have everything, and it's not like saying that the Bournemouth player just left them alone. No, uh, sorry, the uh, the fans, but it was just a fam- familiar atmosphere. Yeah, it was. At it was civil because they, yeah, they walked past where I was behind the goal. It was, it was just very civil, you know. People got their phones yeah, out. Yeah, and... it was was formal. But but I'm, I must say as well, uh, uh, 
before we go over to German football, uh, because I was watching. Um, I was I was watching uh, Manchester United against Newcastle United in the Carabao Cup, what I call then the League Cup. And at the same time, I was watching uh, Bayern Union uh, uh, in my on my iPhone, and that was also a good experience after the game, Marcus, because at Wembley, as uh, interviewers, you are you are based in the tunnel. So not not in a tunnel tunnel it's actually the tunnel so so you are standing with uh, with the last door before you go out to the pitch and and I know that of course because I, I worked the Wembley so many times in the 75th minute I go down there standing there waiting for what's happening and everything and and uh, talking to the people talk to the representatives of the clubs what is possible to get from all the interviews so it was quite good because we had the arrangements we could go out and do a uh, a bit at the ceremony because sometimes in the final everybody say yeah it must be great to be on a final but it's actually it's great to be at the final but it's actually quite hard to get interviews because people who are losing the final they just want to get home they would just want to get into the dressing room uh, and, and get uh, the hell out of the stadium and the winning team they don't want to leave the pitch they just want to be there forever and i remember doing champions league final with with real madrid winning uh, as they do and then they were like cousins and brothers and wives and mother and father and everybody should be in there but this time we had a position outside as well so i was in the tunnel when when Manchester United had won it, then I went left by Manchester United, and I, I quite literally went through the mass of Manchester United staff celebrating. And then we had an we had a, a, a analysis with Jap Stam, the former Dutch uh, defender at uh, at Manchester United, and then I went into the tunnel again, and there was. Uh, that was Sir Alex Ferguson. That was uh, one of the Glazers. It was Michael Edwards, who used to be the the former owner of Manchester United, and so on and so on. David Gill. There were all the old guard was there. So I was able to um, to to film the moment when when uh, when Eric Ten Hag came into the tunnel, went straight over to to Sir Alex Ferguson, gave him a big hug, and and it was so good to see Marcus, uh, the great, the former manager. And the great uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, so happy that his club uh, has won a, a trophy, which, uh, mm -hmm. of course, Ten Hag was as well, although he was back to the next day. And, and as we are speaking now, they are, they are playing a game. So um, not, not a lot of time to celebrate, but it was a great experience. Yeah, without any too, elaborating too much further on that, but it is a restored pride, it seems, in a uh, sleeping giant, if you may. Other sleeping giants. I'll make that bridge. Dad is uh, yeah. a Dortmund in a sense. Uh, yeah. In the sense of we wanting them to compete for the titles that uh, they used to win sporadically because they are up against the obvious nemesis that is is Bayern. Uh, another win, not all too convincing away against the struggling uh, Hoffenheim, but a win nonetheless through the uh, unconventional back of Brandt's. Uh, yeah. Brandt's literal back, uh, which which turned into a goal. Now we also have Dortmund up against Leipzig this Friday. Um, Bayern will probably look at this game and think, oh, good, you know, it's it's two against three. Um, they get to, someone's going to spill points type of thing. I'll leave it open-ended to that, but I would be curious to ask who you think Bayern would rather lose points in a game like that. Well, it's it's quite interesting that uh, to know the history, um, 
uh, what is Rory uh, Campbell always uh, saying on Rest is Politics? He say, I, I will remind the readers or viewers what we're talking about here. And and remember, Leipzig were doing so bad. And then, then they got Marco Rosa, the former Dortmund coach, who was fired uh, after his first season at Dortmund. That is a back a backdrop to this game. It's also a Dortmund that in 2023 haven't lost a game. It's unbelievable. Or not even lost. They have won every game. Yeah. Uh, and it's quite interesting. A lot of been talk, uh, been speculating uh, about the future of Jude Bellingham, uh, but at the same time, they are now offering Brandt to score against Hoffenheim a new contract. He has had a revival. I mean, and like Brandt was the very epitome of what was wrong with Dortmund in its, uh, exactly. its in terms of the ball language, in terms of the same tempo, blah blah blah. And now he's the symbol of this team. Yeah, very good point, Marcus. And he, he was that. That weakness of Dortmund looked like there were so many players at the same time kind of using that mental moment in games, being negative, that is. But now, but now, so that is uh, Brandt. He, he, will be, he will extend his contract. Uh, unfortunately, they're getting very close to get Kamada from Eintracht Frankfurt. He will go, apparently, on a, on a free this summer. So they are keep on extending the team. And it's also talking about... Should they extend the contract of Mats Hummels and Marco Reus, which which is which is interesting debate in itself? The last thing I read in the German press was that Reus will be there with a more bonus kind of contract. Maybe Mats Hummels will will make an, another adventure. But the big thing is this: that Marco Rosa have now the chance. To uh, to kind of get a go back at the club that fired him, and uh, and Cuckoo is slowly coming back, uh, slowly in the terms of RB Leipzig having so many strikers, they have so many potential match winners. I will probably forget someone now that they have Silva, they have Cuckoo, they have uh, Timo Werner, they have Pausen, they have Sobotzlai, uh, they have Forsberg. Yeah, they have five or six players uh, in there, and Olmo, uh, mm-hmm. he's injured, uh, but he he'll be back, and they look good at the, at the back as well. So I think that um, I think that uh, Bayern. Back to your original question, I think that Bayern will fear both of them because Bayern showed against Union Berlin the typical Bayern when the goings get tough, we're there. I mean, that was that game was they were so much better than Union. Having said that, Marcus, I think there's worth to mention that Union Berlin convincingly kept on their adventure and knocking out Ajax uh, of the Europa League. I mean, that just shows you. So I, I think it's fair to say that the club club isn't there yet, that they can beat Ajax on the Thursday and don't right. get affected by that and go to Munich and have a, have a great game. I think that's what we read about that and Shopomotank scoring again uh, uh, and he as we're speaking now there was just a news out that he has extended his contract for another year does that mean that they don't want, they don't want to try to get Hurricane no it's not but Shopomotank now they know that I have a good number nine there anyway <laughs> and um, um, Muziala scoring on his 20th birthday as well so so it was a great game for from Bayern need to be said Yes, and for Müller as well, who was back in there uh, after having uh, been through a uh, you know a couple of games. He didn't play against PSG. Was subbed off early against Gladbach, and there were apparent uh, a longer conversation between him and Nagelsmann where they sorted things out. And he was back with a convincing performance. Um, yes, 
I guess with the Union being the example of it, Leipzig have that depth. Union don't have it. With concluding this talk about the top half, while I also want to touch upon Frankfurt just a tad bit, and it plays into that, is the depth. Uh, Union going from a Thursday to, to a Sunday can't handle as well. RB Leipzig maybe more so. Um, and then you have an Eintracht Frankfurt who it seems... I've really maximizing their their reach in terms of the, them getting to winning the Europa League, getting to the Champions League, playing a Napoli, who's the most exciting team in in Europe now. And this is a popular argument to be made, so I don't want to delve on it too much. But is it fair to say that it could be okay for Frankfurt to have the Bundesliga to focus on, to play themselves into that top four and get Champions League again, and therefore? a blessing in disguise in a way that they go out of the Champions League? I'm at me, Marcus, I thought I raised you up to, to not go in that trap <laughs> to say that it's good to But get we out need to it. discuss. We now, need, I, am, so I am the role of you, the moderator. What, we need to bring about what, discussion. What you bring... are saying, what you are saying... <laughs> yeah, but I need, I know. <laughs> I know, but I, I still, although you are my son, I have to then say, because I've heard it said by hosts before, so you saying is good for... Uh, Brendan Rodgers even said this once for Liverpool. So you mean it's good for for... for for Frankfurt to get out of Champions League so they can concentrate to get into Champions League. Yeah. We need to turn... <laughs> we need to, yeah, but we need to turn how every, turn that? every adversity turn that? into a positive. Yeah, no, yeah, but how can you say that? No, I mean, but of they, course... They, they will... They will uh, I understand what you're saying, but I think that you... They, they of, of course, are up against the, maybe the best team in the world at the moment, Napoli. Uh, and at home, Napoli, uh, Frankfurt... Had some opportunities. We're unlucky with Moani getting suspended. So I understand what you're saying. But I would say it in totally opposite of what you're saying. I think that one of the basic of the success of Eintracht Frankfurt the last year since 2019 when they lost the, the semi-final against Chelsea, undeservedly. They should have won that game, lost on, on penalties, uh, till they win in the Europa League. I think one of the reasons is because of that they have had that experience playing in Europe. And taking with them that form, that experience going into to to the league. So, so that now I don't know having that more, Marcus. But what what I will say about Eintracht is that the problem with Eintracht is that they have trouble go uh, at the defense. They are doing mistakes for fun at the back. Yeah, they don't. Uh, now, they don't no, no, not at all. And there's been a lot of talking about them getting in new centre half. Uh, there's so many personal mistakes. I mean, you you may say that every goal comes from some sort of a person's mistake, but if you saw the game against Leipzig, there was Tuta this time. It was more or less, yeah, terrible mistake, uh, and that you can't do against the big teams. I think that it's realistic this season for for Eintracht is to to get into Europa League. But of course, when you've been at the Champions League once, you want together as well. So if you say that Dortmund, Leipzig and uh, Bayern are the three clear uh, teams to get into Champions League, then there will be a hell of a race between Eintracht, Freiburg and Union Berlin. Yeah. Yes, there is. Um, that concludes the the top half. Um, we are mindful there are other teams in the top half of Wolfsburg that won also against Köln. Yeah. Um, and back to winning, found, back to winning, yeah. back to winning, but still only five points behind Eintracht as well. Looking upon the uh, bottom half, Dad, we have mentioned Schalke. 
on a few occasions. Yeah. I've said they yeah. well, it's great to have clean sheets because it is a great foundation by which you can build results, especially when you're struggling there in the bottom, um, in the literal bottom, being last. And they still are last, but now they won against Stuttgart. And there was frustration. Even when they got the nil-nil uh, away to Union, which is a good result, there was frustration among, uh, with um, Thomas Rice, frustration with them not scoring again. It was four games in a row, even though they kept clean sheets. Now they won against Stuttgart. And the second goal by uh, Mars Butler as well. What a goal as well. Is it, is, it, is it one of those in terms of a trajectory, in terms of the remaining games? Because it's, it's looking rather favorable for Schalke. I think only two of the next 10 or what have you is against top half right now. Is Schalke now one of those that we can actually realistically expect to get out of that relegation slump? Yeah, I think that with Rice as a coach as well, you have someone, he came from Bochum, he knows the game. Uh, I played against him back in the days, uh, uh, Rice. He is a hard worker, he fits to Schalke. For those who don't understand that, Schalke is a fantastic big club. There's a lot of lot of fans. Um, it's a working man's club. Uh, it's up there. They've got a big rivalry against Dortmund. But as you were saying now, uh, Schalke has got themselves back <laughs> to a good organisation. But I think what... What you see uh, at the bottom in England and in Germany is that do you have players who can score goals? Uh, you will, you will kind of think that you see that the same in England with with Danny Ings now using him as an example for Chelsea. You will score your goals, and the other teams will ask themselves. Everton will, of course, ask themselves who should score the goals for us. But what is great now for for Schalke, I think that. Rice has done it. I have to organize my team. I have to stop conceding goals. And what is happening now, if you, if you compare it with a Tour de France race, now they got so close on 16 points, they got so close that they can see the next team. Uh, they can see and they are three points uh, ahead. And then you have three teams on 19 and then you have Hertha on 20. So now it's an open race in there. And as, as uh, for your question, yes, Schalke could be the one that they managed to organize themselves. And if you organize yourself, then it's all about nick that goal because you you know that you will stop conceding. If you see the tables in the Bundesliga and the Premier League, you see how many goals some teams are conceding. On the opposite, you have Newcastle who doesn't concede goals or at least haven't done that based on the whole season. And then you see you have players who can score your goals and you don't have to score for because you can win 1-0 or whatever. So yes, Schalke got a, uh, a, a got a, a, a good win, and then they've dragged other teams in there. And you see Hertha Berlin now getting uh, some points, and they're getting out of it. So it's going to be a big, big excitement in the Bundesliga, even at, in, in the bottom. Because you do have Stuttgart, you do have Hoffenheim, you do have a Pellegrino Matarazzo, you do have a Labadia. What can we say overall? Uh description verdict in terms of getting them out of in terms of getting them out of uh, out of the relegation uh, battle because Labadia hasn't provided the, the revelation that Stuttgart probably were hoping for Amaterazzo is still trying to find a rhythm with this Hoffenheim team that to be to his defense were really poor before he came as well um what's your general feel in terms of how this could um how this can develop and that could very much be dependent on the coaches as well. 
uh, as you are talking to one of the guys who has made a career of being into relegation battles in, in German Bundesliga, uh, I kind of yeah. find myself an expert in in the department. But I but I would say that uh, if if I if I had a look at, <clears throat> at the teams now, I would say the ones most struggling is Hoffenheim because Hoffenheim they didn't expect to be there. They 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 kind of could be a challenger for Europa League. Uh, they started Schalke... so strong as well. I remember us talking Very about it early strong. on. And then yeah, since very then. strong. Yeah, the downward spiral. So, so and Schalke is now on a positive vibe. Uh, like I said, stop conceding goals, getting winning against Stuttgart. Hertha was being very down there. So they are very positive. What's going on? So Hoffenheim got to stop the rot. Bochum is there. Bochum's advantage is that they they knew that they're going to be there, so mm. they will fight for that. They they know that every point, every goal is a goal against be relegated. Hoffenheim don't have that. And then you have these teams always find themselves too good to go down. But I think that Stuttgart, Labadia knows his mission. He knows what he's going to do. So uh, so it's, it's going to be very, very tight again. And and a couple of these, like they're saying, it's a, <laughs> it's a cliche, but a couple of good results, uh, that, then you're, you're out of it. And then you drag other uh, teams down there. But but there is at the moment as I see the table, there are like five five teams uh, fighting it out. Two go directly down, and the rest is a relegation uh, game, the playoff. And that makes it, if if I may, Marcus, before we end, and and I know that you're desperate to get into to watch Liverpool, and I sorry about Arsenal, and there's so so many games, including Liverpool, that is playing at the moment. So we both gotta go there as we are speaking. Mm-hmm. But it's it's quite interesting what's going on in the Zweite Bundesliga, and the reason we don't know we don't often speak about that, but there is a big team, Hamburger Sportsverein, who is in the in the second league, and that was one of the the best club that won the, the Europe Europe. Uh, Europa Cup, which was called uh, or, the, or the Champions League back in the days, had great players like Kevin Keegan, uh, Felix Magath was there, Manfred Kaltz. They had so many, and I, I probably forgot a lot of them. So they're in there. So there was a big game this weekend. They played in Darmstadt. And why it's quite interesting with Darmstadt is that that is the area of Frankfurt and Mainz. Mainz, by the way, flying at the moment. They're scoring goals for fun with Bo Svensson doing a hell of a job. Uh, so then you can end up next season because the, the league leader is Darmstadt. Darmstadt is a very small club, but still, they managed to be top of the league. So Darmstadt was 1-0 down against Hamburger Sportsverein till the uh, 81st minute, and then I equalised, which was a very important win uh, for them. The draw. It, so a at, draw. It ended. Yeah, ended up as a draw yep. uh, in that game. And uh, then uh, Heidenheim uh, is also a team we don't know. There is a lot of famous teams in the second league, like Fortuna Dusseldorf, that everybody knows, Nürnberg was struggling. Then you have Heidenheim who played uh, in Bielefeld. That could be a trap for them. Uh, they won 1-0. So now the table is, um, is Darmstadt 49 points, Hamburger Sportsman 45 and Heidenheim 43. And I think it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's Hamburger Sportsman has been in the Zweite Liga. Oh, oh no, we have to stop soon. Uh, been in the second league for for five years. So, so they always say it's, we have to do it this season, but they have to do it this season. Yeah, and then I'm wary of of, of being too, I don't know, populistic. But uh, the Bundesliga would be better for it. Obviously, having minnows like Darmstadt is fantastic. But with the culture, the history of a Hamburg Sportsverein, we've seen what it's brought back to the Bundesliga. Having Schalke, having Werder Bremen back, and 
on the topic of Werder Bremen, Nico Fulkerik with a goal again, and he is top scorer. Yeah, he scored again with fourteen goals. Yeah. Would love to see him become top scorer, but they have brought something special. And when you saw the scenes when Schalke won, I mean, it was just ecstatic. And you see just yeah. the, the amount of following and passion that team has. Um, as a neutral, you 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 we aren't particularly neutral, but from a Bundesliga perspective, maybe you'd be better off having them in the Bundesliga. But that. This yeah, is... but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, I just, just want to say that. Yeah, I agree. I won't be long now. Yes, I agree. But I think that what's, what's so good about the German Bundesliga is that there's not like Bayern and uh, Mainz have the same budget uh, way, way long before. But you still got that 50 plus one rule. So in Germany, it's more or less deserved where you are. So if a Heidenheim and Darmstadt get of uh, promoted in head of Hamburger Sportsman, they deserve it. And I think that there's a lot of these sleeping giants, both Schalke and Werder Bremen was down in the, in the second league. Stuttgart was down in the second league. And they came quickly back, uh, more or less all of them. But I think that that is a good, that, that is a charm of the German football league uh, or the Bundesliga because they always have a chance somehow because of course you can buy yourself out. That is a, is a big between Bochum and, and Bayern, there's a wide, wide space. But still, you have these teams. And I do, do I, as a Frankfurt fan, want to get Darmstadt up? Of course I will. I, I think that is a great idea to get Darmstadt into the into the Bundesliga. So it's charming as well. But yes, I would love to see Hamburg Sportsman go up as well. Perfect. And with that, that <laughs> we conclude uh, this week's episode. And hopefully by next episode, that voice has recovered i uh, a lot better now than it was yesterday <laughs> okay, that's, good. <laughs> that's good to hear well th- thanks dad and then we look forward to this weekend starting with dortmund against leipzig for now thank you auf wiedersehen